God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, kindergartners, great job again on leading. I'm going to talk to you guys for a little bit. Let me bring my, my podium over here, see if this works out just a little bit. Great job on leading uh, again this morning. And I want to let you know that all of us in this room, we love you. In fact, I love you guys. You know that, right? In fact, you're my favorite grade in the whole entire school. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't tell the other grades, okay? All right? They don't like it when they, when they, when they, when they hear that sort of stuff. So anyway, I got some questions for you. Do any of you guys know what the transfiguration is? Raise your hand if you know what the transfiguration is. And if you want to give me an answer about what it is. Anybody? What is the transfiguration? Anybody? I saw a few hands go up. Anybody want to brave it? Yeah, what do you got? It's God. God, okay, good. Yeah, God's part of the transfiguration. What do you got? Jesus. Jesus, yeah, he was at the transfiguration. Very good. Zane, what do you got, my man? The Hulk? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> right. See, I can work that in. Big, bright, green, sort of. Yeah, I'm going to take it. It works. Kind of like the Hulk, yeah? Maybe even better. What do we got? Transfiguration. You know what it is? Uh, what's that? It's like Wonder Woman? Oh, I see we got the super theme here. Anybody else? Anybody know what the transfiguration is? We're starting to veer off track. What do we got, Nika? Do you know what it is? Jesus being revealed. Woo! All right. Sign you up for seminary, all right? <laughs> Good answer. Jesus being revealed. I like that. Yeah? That's kind of that's kind of it. So... Basically, kindergarten is something incredible happens at the transfiguration. And now, if your godparent or if your grandparents ha- would have seen the transfiguration, maybe even some of your parents, if they're as old as Pastor Hayes, they would have seen the transfiguration and they would have said, that's incredible. Remember that show? Anybody out there? Okay. Yeah, I'm old school. That's really old school. Anyway, but the transfiguration was more incredible Zane, than the Incredible Hulk. Okay, way more incredible than that, and he's pretty incredible, right? In fact, in the transfiguration was even more incredible than the Incredibles. Anybody seen that one before? Oh yeah, yeah, I know it. All right, we've watched that a lot in our house. Okay, Incre- it was so incredible that something powerful happened. It was super bright, super awesome, and it happens to Jesus. And then there's some powerful words that are spoken. And I want you to pay attention. We're going to hear them in a second. We're going to watch this video, okay? Mr. Sims just read the story of the transfiguration. We just sang a song about the transfiguration. Now, this video might be a little bit hard for you to understand, but I know you're really smart, so I want you to try it. And it actually might be really good for the adults to watch this video too. And there are some actually some dude moments in there. Remember our sermon series, aha moments, really dude moments? There's the word dude comes up twice in there, and the word incredible. Speaking of the Incredible Hulk, all right, I want you guys to listen to hear when the word dude comes up and the word incredible comes up. Can you do that for me, kindergartners? Yeah, yeah you can. I know it. Okay, so check this video out. Here we go. This story happened about 2,000 years ago when Jesus was here on the earth. One day, Jesus went up to a high mountain and brought a few of his disciples with him, Peter, James, and John. Nice, going on a little hiking trip, huh? See the great outdoors, climb a mountain, maybe do a little fishing of men. Get it? Yeah, I get it. But that's not why they went up onto the mountain. It was way more important than just a hiking trip. Jesus wanted to show them something incredible. When they got up to the top of the mountain, Jesus' appearance changed. The Bible says that his face shone bright like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Whoa, I hope they brought their sunglasses, or they'd be all like, my eyes! 
yeah, sunglasses weren't really a thing back then. Right. They probably just got all squinty then, huh? Probably. But then something else happened. Two other men appeared before them and started talking to Jesus. Wait, 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 hold up. Who are these guys? Where'd they come from? The other two men were Moses and the prophet Elijah. Whoa, wait a minute. Weren't those guys around, like, way earlier than Jesus was on the earth? Okay, you're getting my timelines all mixed up. This is some straight-up Infinity War, time-traveling, next-level multiverse stuff. Calm down. It's not that complicated. Yes, Moses and Elijah were both alive a long time before Jesus was on earth, but they appeared on the mountain with Jesus that day. Okay, what happened next? I bet Peter, James, and John were totally amped to see that happen. They totally were. In fact, Peter wanted to build three memorials right there on the mountain. One for Jesus, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Classic Peter. But right after he said that, something else happened. A bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Wait, was that God's voice that said that? You got it. Oh, man, that would be pretty powerful to hear. Oh, it definitely was. When the voice of God said that about Jesus, the disciples fell face down on the ground, terrified. Well, yeah, I've done that just when my mom calls my name from across the house. I know, right? Especially when they use your middle name. That's when you know it's game over. Okay, so we got Jesus shining like the sun, Moses and Elijah hanging out, glowing clouds, the voice of God. What happened next? As the disciples were on the ground, Jesus came up and touched them and said, don't be afraid, get up. When they looked up, everything else was gone, and it was just Jesus standing before them. Then, as they traveled down the mountain, Jesus instructed them not to tell anyone about what they saw until after his resurrection. Um, okay, hold on. Uh, I've got a few questions. Understandable, and so did the disciples. They asked Jesus about what they just saw, and Jesus helped them understand that it was just a glimpse of what would happen in the future. He would come back one day in his glorified body and bring about a new kingdom on the earth. Dude, that sounds incredible. I can't wait for that. Yeah, me neither, dude. The end. Whoa, did you hear dude there a couple times? And incredible. Speaking of the Incredible Hulk, good job, but even more incredible than Incredible Hulk. But guess what? Okay, so Peter, James, and John, right? They went up the mountain. They went up to go camping, right? No, they didn't go up to go camping, right? This was way more important. This was incredible stuff, right? Super incredible. They saw Jesus' clothes got really bright. His face got really bright like the sun. Then Moses and Elijah appeared, which was super crazy because they had already gone to heaven, right? It was a miracle. Then you had that big cloud, and then you had the voice of God the Father. Does anybody remember what God the Father said? Can you remember it? Uh-huh, uh-huh. What was it? That's right. He said, this is my son. Uh-huh. That's right. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well. Does anybody remember? Please. That's right. Pretty powerful word. Basically, it was God saying, this is my kid. I love him, and I'm so proud of him, which was super cool. Now, I know that all of you, you live with either your mom or your dad or a grandma, grandpa, or an aunt or an uncle, someone who takes care of you in your life, a guardian, and you know what? Every one of them out there is saying the same thing in their head right now. Do you know that? They are saying, that's my girl. I love her, and I'm proud of her. That's my boy. I love him, and I'm proud of him. All right? They're saying that right now in their mind. 
because they love you and they're proud of you. Your teachers are saying that. Your music director says it about you. All of us here at St. John's, we're saying that about you because we love you, all right? We're going to come back to that. So I want to say one more time, good job singing today. We are all proud of you and we love you. And let's give them one more round of applause, all right? Good job. All right. All right. Keep paying attention. I'm going to talk... I'm going to talk to the big kids out here for just a little bit, kindergartners, so pay attention, listen for the words incredible and dude in the sermon here, okay? They might be coming, maybe not. I've got to put that down here. Okay, all right. All right, <clears throat> so the story of the transfiguration, as Zane said, truly is incredible, more incredible than the incredible Hulk, and there are some kind of huge pieces in the transfiguration for us to wonder about, uh, but these kindergartners... They kind of got me really thinking about it in a little bit of a different way the past couple weeks. So let's take a look at the verses. Uh, they're in your handout. They'll be up on the screen. Uh, and I hope that we can walk through them a little bit this morning and maybe be encouraged in our identity and our faith just a little bit more today. So Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, right? So you got the 12 disciples, and then you kind of got the inner crowd of the 12 would be three, Peter, James, and John. They're really close to Jesus, okay? And Jesus led them up a high mountain by themselves. Usually in the Bible, when uh, people go up on the mountain, they encounter God in a new way. Humanity meets God, okay? It's pretty powerful. Verse 2, it says, there up on the mountain, uh, Jesus was transfigured before him. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. We see the sun. We see the light. That means glory. It means divinity. It's saying this man here, Jesus, is more than just a man. This man is God. And so this miracle of Jesus appearing and changing in a powerful, white, glorious way is saying that he's more than a man. Then another miracle happens in verse 3. Just then appeared there before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Now, Moses, in the Old Testament, he was the great lawgiver. He was the mediator. He was the prophet. Moses also went up the mountain to speak with God. Elijah, the great prophet, who also went up the mountain to speak to God. Here they are at the transfiguration, somehow, miraculously, up on the mountain speaking with God again. But God revealed in Jesus, as Nika said over there, good job, my friend, right? It's revealing that Jesus is God. And Elijah and Moses are there up on the mountain with God speaking to them, okay? Jesus is shining with his glory, but Moses and Elijah are not. But Peter, James, and John, they're kind of watching this, and they're not exactly getting that it's being revealed that Jesus is God. So verse 4, Peter said to Jesus, uh, he kind of interrupts, right? He says, it's good for us to be here. Uh, if you wish, I'll put up three shelters. I'll put up three tents, right? One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. We'll camp out here for a little bit. Peter, he's always speaking before he's thinking, right? He like interrupts um, Moses and Elijah and Jesus. You probably shouldn't do that. You probably should just sit back and just listen. And his question sort of reveals also that he's lumping Jesus together with Moses and Elijah, like they're kind of on the same level. So as he's doing that, God the Father sort of interrupts. And verse 5 says, while Peter was speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. So God the Father is interrupting. It's like he's saying, you want to put up a shelter, Peter? You want to put up a little tent right here? 
Uh, in the Old Testament, we go back and we see when a bright cloud came, a bright cloud would fill the tabernacle, a bright cloud filled the temple. The bright cloud was the actual presence of God with his people. And now the bright cloud is here, not in some little tent, but dwelling in Jesus. And then the voice confirms that reality. The same words that were spoken at Jesus' baptism about six weeks, six weeks ago, we talked about these very words. And then here in Matthew chapter 17, the same words come out. And God the Father says, this one, this one, not Moses, not Elijah, but this one, this Jesus, this one is my son, whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. With him I'm delighted. With him I'm so proud. And we see in these words that Jesus is God. Jesus is divine. Jesus is the Son of God. And God the Father says, listen to him. Peter needed to hear those words most, but also the disciples, also the readers, also us 2,000 years later. Kindergartners, are you still listening? Okay, we're almost there. Bear with me, okay? I know. Verse 6, when the disciples heard this, that's the voice of the Father, they fell face down to the ground. They're terrified, right? So finally they get it that they're not just on a camping trip, they are experiencing something incredible. And the hugeness of it, it sort of sinks in. And fear sinks in. They realize whose presence they're in, God himself. And in verse 7, but Jesus came and touched them. He said, get up, don't be afraid. I love that because in the midst of the fear and terror of their life, God himself, Jesus himself, grabs their shoulder, lifts up their hand. I don't know what he did, but he went over and he touched them and he said, get up. You don't need to be afraid. Verse 8 says, when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. Moses is gone. Elijah is gone. Things are back to normal, and the only thing they see is Jesus. All right, so what happened there in the transfiguration? You know, why did Jesus take them up the mountain and the light and the cloud and the voice? I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can talk about. Even our kindergartners pointed it out, like the identity of Jesus, that he's greater than Moses. He's greater than Elijah. He's the fulfillment of the prophets. Uh, he's the son of God. Or we could talk about the importance of listening to him because Peter, actually writing these verses before him, Peter's like challenging Jesus, trying to take Jesus to school. And Jesus is saying, no, God the Father is saying, no, Peter, you need to listen to Jesus. He's got a bigger plan. He's got a plan for saving the world, not just saving a small little country from Roman occupation. We could unplack this, uh, this idea of the cloud. But as I was thinking about our kindergartners for the past couple weeks, I couldn't help but keep thinking about the voice, what God the Father said about Jesus, his son. As I said earlier, at the very start of his ministry, Jesus' earthly ministry, at his baptism, the heavenly father said the same exact words. And now, right here, in between two times, if you look on each side of the Mount of Transfiguration, two times Jesus is predicting his own death and his own suffering. In the middle of that, in the middle of telling everyone that what he's going to have to do for the world, he's going to have to go to the cross, he's going to have to suffer a lot. In the midst of that, we hear those words. Not only did Peter, James, and John hear those words, but so did Jesus. Second time, God the Father speaking about Jesus in this way. And it kind of got me thinking about the perfect parent and child relationship with God the Father and God the Son. And it got me thinking about my own kids and how I am by no means perfect. I have failed as a father in multiple ways, and I will continue to. 
but I'm just not a pastor here at this school and this church. I got one of those kindergartners too. One of them lives at my house. And you better believe I'd say the same thing about my kid as God the Father said about his, right? Every one of us that are connected to one of these kindergartners would come on over and point out to our kid, right? This is my daughter, Mary. I love her. I'm so proud of her. I'm getting misty eye. Okay. All right. I saw you, I saw you crying too, coach. All right. <laughs> All right. Every parent or guardian of these kindergartners, whoever takes care of these kindergartners, you know what I'm talking about, right? That's my kid. I'm so proud of him. I love him. That's the same thing that's going on with the Heavenly Father and the Son, Jesus. All of you know that we need to say those words about our kids and to our kids. And these kids, they need to hear those words. And it needs to happen more than just once, right? I mean, even God the Father and God the Son, the perfect relationship happened more than once. It happened in his baptism, happens here at this transfiguration. Maybe it happened a whole bunch of other times that we don't have recorded. In that perfect parent-child relationship, it's a model for us for parental love toward a child. But more importantly, I think because not everyone here in the room has good parents. And sometimes parents fail so miserably, miserably that even me talking about it right now, some of you are feeling very uncomfortable. And that one got me thinking about what Jesus was talking about on each side of the mountain of the transfiguration, what he was talking about down in the valley. Right before the transfiguration, Matthew 16, verse 21, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and to suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, the teachers, the law, and that he must be killed. And on the third day, be raised to life. He goes up the Mount Transfiguration, that whole story, the whole video thing. He comes back down the mountain, Matthew chapter 17. He said to them, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. As Jesus predicted those terrible things, right in the middle of it, his heavenly Father reaffirms his love for him and his delight in him. And so as Jesus journeyed to the cross and he endured all of it, I wonder, I was just thinking about this, did he hold those words from his heavenly father close to him? Those life-giving words from his heavenly father spoken about him from his dad. Did those words sustain him as he hung on the cross, as he endured the suffering for us? I know that all these kids here, they need to hear those kind of words from us, right? Not just from the parents, not just from guardians, but from every single one of us. If you call St. John's your home, every one of our kids on our campus needs to hear it from us. These are our kids. And we love them. And we are so proud of them. They need to hear it. It's part of who we are at St. John's. It's our mission. But I also want every one of you in the room to know this morning that no matter how old you are or how young you are, I know that every one of you, you need to hear those words too. Maybe you have or maybe you had a really good parent-child relationship or maybe you don't and you never did. Either way, even if you had a great 
parent in your life. They failed you in some ways. Jesus went to the cross. He did what he did on the cross for every single one of us in the room so that we could hear those same words from the Heavenly Father, that we could experience those words, the words that Jesus heard at his baptism and at his transfiguration, that they could be experienced and felt by all of us. That's what being part of this Christian family is all about. St. Paul said in Galatians 3, 26, he said, so in Christ Jesus, he said, you, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ, who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are heirs according to the promise. The promise that God says in 2 Corinthians, I will be a father to you. You will be my sons. You will be my daughters, said the Lord God Almighty. The video talked about the transfiguration being a glimpse of what's going to happen in the future. In the future, our brother Jesus, he's coming back again. He's coming back in all his glory. It's going to be super incredible, beyond the Incredibles, beyond the Incredible Hulk, all of that. And when he does, it's going to be all sun, all light, all glory, perfect family, all the time for all eternity. And like the guy in the video said, dude, that's incredible. I can't wait for that. Me too. God says to every one of us, including you kindergartners, he says, you are my child. I love you, and I'm proud of you.